Well, some more final recruiting rankings are out, and Alabama players are like the Jeffersons. They just keep moving up. You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, Jimmy Stein, that's him. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, and thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And I hope that everybody understood my The Jeffersons moving on up joke, which, well, I mean, what a great show. That's that was good. And you couldn't make it now. There's no way you could make it now. There's, there's two uh, politically incorrect, incorrect. but uh, it was awesome. Uh, but, <laughs> it was funny. Um, speaking of George guys, Hemsley, wasn't that that uh, guy's Sherman name? Hemsley. Sherman, Sherman Hemsley. Hemsley. George was his name on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you Sherman. Know, the best Hemsley. ever was a uh, George was trying to teach uh, Willis how to, uh, you know, be how, how to make a comeback, and he said, "Watch this." He said, "Hey, Florence, your food tastes like dog food." She goes, "That's because I'm cooking for a Chihuahua." And so, I mean, that's that's always stuck with me. Uh, anyway, factoid: the neighbor, one of the neighbors, Lenny Kravitz's mom. That's right. That's right. Still blows me away. Um, okay, mm-hmm. so ESPN's top three hundred has been uh, updated. Yes, and one Jalen Mbakwe, Gumpway, as someone Jalen Mbakwe refers to. Oh, Gumpway. Oh, that is so good. Jalen Gumpway. Yeah, he is uh, stealing that from one of my BOL posters. Yeah, he's definitely Gumpway. He is a number two player in the country. And then that's stunning. Not only that, right behind him, one Ryan Williams, who is, in my opinion, rightfully considered the number one. Well, I think they still got Jeremiah Smith number one, but that's okay. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm going to confirm this while we're talking, but I love the fact that they give Ryan Williams his just desserts because he deserves <laughs> all of that. And um, then Cam Coleman. number two is just stunning. Man, I, li- I like it because I love Mbakwe. <laughs> I, and, you know, we ha- we always have freshman freaks. You know, these true freshmen, like last year was Downs and Proctor, and they're gone. But <laughs> last year was Downs and Proctor. You know, every year there's there's a true freshman or two that ends up either in the starting lineup or a hugely significant player. And, and it happens like clockwork under Saban because of the, the level of, of recruiting. And now hopefully DeBoer will, will pick up where it left off. But who's going to be surprised if Mbakwe is a, is a starter at corner and Ryan is the best receiver of the team and and and, and Mincy could, could be a, 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 an impact guy. Caleb Xavier Odom Brown. could be – an impact. Zabian Brown could be an impact player. I mean, there's there's so many candidates, but the point being that there are holes in the lineup, and uh, maybe at some point, even uh, even I need to develop some confidence in, uh, hey, why are we worried? One of these true freshmen will be a freak. Um, uh, and I was wrong. Ellis Robinson, the cornerback from IMG, oh. is actually number one in the ESPN rankings. Then yes. Mbakwe is second. Ryan Williams is third. And Jeremiah Smith is right behind him. Jeremiah Smith, who most people have the number one. This is very interesting to me. The two top players are both cornerbacks. The next three players, Ryan Williams, Jeremiah Smith, and Cam Coleman, are all receivers. I don't know that I've ever seen that before. Like, it's all skill position on defense or offense that's not a quarterback. 
I will yeah, say it's not very NFL draft like, but uh, I'm starting to ramp point. up my draft coverage because everybody that knows knows I love the NFL draft. And uh, there are three wide receivers in this draft that are slam dunks to be to go in the top 10 and probably higher than the top 10. And there is an Alabama component to it in the sense that one of these kids is from Washington. But uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors from LSU, and Roma Dunze from Washington. Slam dunk top 10 guys. So when I say not, not that doesn't sound like the draft, I don't know. Maybe it does. There will also be cornerbacks that go pretty high in this uh, NFL draft as well, including Alabama's Terry on Arnold. Yeah, no doubt. Um, but I just, boy, that's it makes it for a very weird year because usually there's going to be some quarterbacks. Now, if you want to be a little sick to your stomach, then uh, Julian Sayan is number nine again. I can live with it because the, the you have to you have to trust this coaching staff on Austin Mack. They love him. They wanted to bring him no matter the cost. And maybe Julian Sane was going to leave anyway. I've heard some hints about that because you know maybe he was. But boy, if I was Julian Sane, I probably would have stuck around to see what I could do with this. Um, but again, you know Ohio State's bringing in a good receiving class too. Uh, other Alabama guys, they have Demarcus. Really think of the odds. Speaking of Julian, what do you think of the, these odds? What percentage chance do you say Ryan Day is not the head coach at Ohio State over the next three seasons? Hmm. Okay, let me say this. I think the chances that he's not are lower now that Michigan has made a coaching change. Had Michigan kept Jim Harbaugh, I think that saved Ryan Day a little bit because you look Why at not? Ohio State's schedule, it's it's really kind of a joke, It's it's especially when you compare it to something like Alabama's schedule or any SEC schedule for that matter. Um, they, they do have to go to Oregon next year. That'll be tough. Mm-hmm. But And then they welcome mm-hmm. Michigan. But other than that, it's a, it's a bunch of uh, soup cans. And so Ohio State is going to moonwalk into the playoffs. I was he just won- wondering if Julian Sam would be at Alabama when Nick Saban retires and then at Ohio State when Ryan Day leaves. Yeah. That would just be and, interesting. Well, and again – I I'm, I'm, have no problem saying it over and over again. I'm a Julian Sane fan. I wanted him on this oh, sure. team. I hate to see him go, but there's always I'm, more than one good player. Yeah, I'm Ju- going Ju- to both Julian Sane and Austin Mack could both be good players. Exactly, and so I'm going to trust. Other. I'm going to trust it. And here's the other thing: because I'm such a big believer in Ryan Williams, I'm sure the quarterback matters quite as much. <laughs> it you helps. Know? It helps. I mean, look at uh, here's just one extreme example: 2014 Blake Sims. Blake was great. I give him all the credit in the world. I think it's one of the great stories of the whole Saban era was Blake Sims in 2014. Or where would Blake Sims have been without Amari Cooper? Let me tell you something. Think about that. Think about Amari Cooper on the 2015 team with Jake Coker. You know, he would have made Jake Coker look so much better. What What if Amari Cooper played with Bryce Young? Oh, gosh. I mean, or what if Bryce Young had the had the receivers to a Tungavailoa had? I Certainly mean, would have answered the question we always want to know: Can you have a million receiving yards in a season? <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that, we're going down a rabbit hole. But in the <laughs> end, what I wanted to do. Well, was, I think even Smitty helped Mac in twenty twenty, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, oh, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, and vice versa. Mac helped Smitty. Mac's pretty good. Mac helped Smitty. Smitty helped Mac. But when you have both and. Hey, you know, we're going to need some. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think Ron Williams is going to make the quarterback's job easier. And uh, 
the key will be 2025. I, we, we've got to uh, – I think we need to reload that wide receiver room a little bit. They do. ESPN also has Alabama ranked number two in their class rankings right behind Georgia. So, again, sky's not falling. I'll tell you, yesterday I was listening to Feinbaum for a second. They had a Big Ten or a Michigan guy, and I only caught the tail end. But they were talking about, you know, obviously Harbaugh leaving, uh, Sharon Moore taking over. And uh, he said, yeah, I don't think it'll be like a catastrophe with everybody leaving like they've had at Alabama. And I thought that is such the national narrative. And it's, it's so hilarious. wrong. It's so incorrect. It's hilarious. But it's 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 pervasive. People think and hey, let's not ruin it for everybody. People think that our roster is decimated. I, I'm Luke and I both agree it got injured. It was bad. Losing Caleb Downs hurt. Losing Cade Proctor hurt. Losing Isaiah Bond, no one's talking about that. But losing Isaiah Bond hurt. Losing Night Black hurt. But these aren't terminal. They're not terminal. It's just we we need some Band-Aids that we can address on the portal. But between this freshman class coming in and the overall depth that Saban left, uh, I, I think it's almost hilarious how that is being overplayed. We are number eight in Pat 40s too early top 25 list today. And I, I like it. Heck, I, when I saw, I, I started at number one, of course, and then I went to two and then I went to three. And by the time we got to five and Alabama wasn't there, I started internally rooting. Gosh, I hope Alabama's like 13 or 14. Yeah. That would be great. Instead, there were eight. But when's the last time Alabama was number eight? And again, that gets you in the playoffs. He does make a great point. The schedule is brutal. Uh, but that's something – We'll talk about a little more. We're going to continue Jimmy's roster countdown right after this. And when I say right after this, of course, I mean I'm going to talk about FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Happy Super Bowl Fortnite. I don't know if I'm saying that right. To all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, and placing some super bets. I love the Super Bowl. I wish it wasn't the 49ers. Though. I wish it was the Lions and J-Mo and everybody else that we love, Jameer. But whatever. FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three or four or five or six or seven or eight. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, that's number, Super Bowl number 58, by the way, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, which is an official partner of the NFL. All right, so Jimmy, your roster countdown. And look, let's <laughs> we're going to call a spade a spade. You're in the 50s because that's really what's on the roster now. We're not including the new dudes yet. Um, and, uh, so yeah, you're, you're, you're into some dudes that maybe we aren't quite as familiar with. And I think today you got Ty Lockwood, who's a tight end. Yeah. Ty, uh, red shirted this past year, actually pretty high on Ty. I know I got him down there near the bottom, but that's because this ranking is based on what we've seen on the field. It's not based on recruiting rankings and recruiting hype. It's based on, okay, what have we seen on the field and what have we heard from our sources from the practice fields? And, and, and when you go by that, uh, it was a kind of a really quiet redshirt year for Ty Lockwood, barely played at all uh, in the games. I think he got him one game. Uh, I hear some pretty positive things. Uh, he looks the part, seen him around campus, uh, looks exactly like you'd want a tight end to look at. He's got a, a really uh, tall frame. Uh, one of the things I remember liking about Ty Lockwood from recruiting 
is unlike a lot of tight ends. Some tight ends show up and they're sort of specialists in one area or the other, like Caleb Odom, pass catcher, right? Uh, and then you look at Jay Lindsay, blocker, right? Well, Ty Lockwood, uh, I think he's got one of these guys that has a chance to be really good at both. I mean, I, I think he can be a really high-quality blocker and a uh, an asset as a pass receiver. So uh, that's why I like Ty Lockwood. But you have six tight ends on scholarship, the two freshmen coming in, two guys who have played a ton in C.J. Dupree and Robbie Oost. You know they're going to be the main two guys. Danny Lewis, you know, has to be ahead of Lockwood too, right? So – and since he's got three tight ends ahead of him who have all played, who are sort of veterans, I'm not sure that we'll still see a lot of tie this year in his year two. But don't forget about him. He, he he's he's a guy that might take a hot minute, uh, and it's going to take some a while for the depth chart in front of him to clear. But I do think that his future is bright, and he's a good player, and I'm glad we have him. Uh, it's just kind of a deep spot for us right now, and he's not necessarily. A, a need for this season. So uh, probably one more year on what I would call the shelf, but Dupree and Oost are moving on after this year. So I would say Ty Lockwood might be a significant player for Alabama uh, as soon as the spring of 2025, which, which isn't far off. Six tight ends is a lot when you're dealing yeah. with just 80, what is it? 85, 85, mm-hmm. 85 scholarship. I mean, six tight ends is a lot. So what it makes me think, Number one, I mean, obviously, you, you, there's always a portal possibility for somebody, um, and maybe that comes after spring. The other thing I think about is somebody like Caleb Odom, mm-hmm. maybe year yep. one. Yeah, I mean, obviously, tight ends, but maybe he splits out Could be. a little bit more, and he's big dude, uh, yep. you know, jump ball kind of guy near the goal line versus – traditional tight end but again I mean that remains to be seen but I'm so high on Caleb Odom and I love the fact that he was ranked uh, a five-star by you guys there at on three yep and uh I think Odom uh I, I suspect Odom's gonna play in a Mari Nablack type role very early maybe even this fall so that's one more guy in the pecking order that might would be ahead of Ty Lockwood but again Ty Lockwood's a great example of what we talked about earlier in the show when we're like man, people just underestimate what's on this Alabama roster. Lockwood's a great example of that because he's probably not even in the picture to play this fall. And he's a good player. He's he's going to be a good player at Alabama. I, I have almost no doubt about that at all. But Alabama's just sort of got a good situation at tight end like they do at most spots on the field. And uh, I just don't think we'll see a, a ton of tie. But uh, but he he is good. Got, got to remember, beat Ohio State for him. Committed to Ohio State. And by the way, check out Ohio State's tight ends in the NFL. I mean, that, that they're they're almost Georgia like in terms of what they've produced in the NFL in recent years. And uh, probably because they play an offense a lot like Alabama, where it's a pro offense in terms of their physical running the ball. Uh, but they also throw it around a lot. And tight ends do at Alabama and at Ohio State and at Georgia, what they're asked to do in the NFL. Um, Iowa's the tight end king, though. Hunter and tight end king. Um, Mm -hmm. They they just – I don't know why we don't just beat down Iowa's door for their tight end in the transfer portal every year. But I'm going to tell you something. They're quite physical. That's why – I mean, Iowa – for all the joke joking about Iowa's offense, and I get all of it, I even make the jokes myself, they've been physical on offense for a while. And, uh, boy, the NFL is all about that. Um, 
very quickly, because in the next segment, what I'm going to do is talk about the latest bracketology. Um, Auburn hired DJ Durkin, who Alabama was looking at. You and I talked about this, and you mm-hmm. and I actually talked about DJ Durkin. I mean, yeah, he's got a bit of a past, um, but, I mean, it was a while back. It wasn't quite – maybe his involvement wasn't quite as egregious as it lets mm-hmm. on. But what I do find hilarious – not hilarious, uh, ironic and kind of sad, actually. Hilariously mm-hmm. ironic and sad. Um, hilarious and sad. You know, the same group of people who have just absolutely – eviscerated Brandon Miller without knowing any of the facts, without knowing that, Hey, he really wasn't involved in this thing at all, which y'all are talking about. And it didn't, it didn't even go down in the way that you think it went down and everything yeah. is proven that. And it's all come to light and Brandon Miller should be totally exonerated. They still consider him to be an accessory to what happened. And those people have no problem hiring the likes of DJ Durkin or for that matter, Bruce Pearl or Hugh Freeze. And it's just sort of, yeah, Look, I mean, it, I, I'm fine with DJ Durkin. He's already gotten some second chances, sure, and I'm fine with him moving up the ladder. I don't have a problem with DJ Durkin. I think either. what happened there, I, I'm not sure. I think his involvement wasn't as egregious as people think, like I said earlier. And um, I also think at the same time that um, whatever's happened, you do have to eventually somebody you pay your penance and then you have to uh, let them move on. The same way if you go to jail for something, when your sentence is up, I think it should be like, okay, yeah, you, you'd never forget that this person necessarily was in prison for a while. At the same time, he's out of jail now. He paid the price. We asked him to pay a price, and he paid it. So I just find it interesting. Um, but before Alabama fans say too much about D.J. Durkin, I think it also should be noted that he was, Saban was very close to hiring him. Had Saban stayed, I, I would even go so far as saying, based on what I know from inside the program, had Saban stayed, D.J. Durkin would be on Alabama staff right now. He would be not be the defensive coordinator. He was – going to be the outside linebacker coach, you know, and defensive end, you know, probably outside linebacker coach, special teams coordinator. Uh, looked like that, that that was almost a done deal uh, at the time that, that coach des- decided to retire. So it is kind of funny how, but, you know, hypocrisy dominates politics and sports fans. <laughs> and by, by that, I just mean, had Alabama hired DJ Durkin, the Auburn fans would have been relentless. But, but that didn't happen. Instead, Auburn hired him. So now Alabama fans will be relentless on Auburn about it, who will be defending it. The same Auburn fans defending it that would have been killing Alabama had Alabama hired him. So it, it just shows how absurd all of that really is. And uh, like you, Luke, uh, I, I think his involvement has been proven to have been, you know, he's, you know, the, the head coach was responsible for all of it. So he was responsible in the sense that the captain is responsible for all that happens on his ship. Uh, and he was responsible in that way, but directly responsible. He wasn't even there. I mean, I mean, he wasn't even there when, when, when it happened. And uh, I think it's just, it goes too far. And he did pay a significant price in terms of Lost a head coaching job, might might not ever get one again. No telling how much how much money, uh, but he did pay a price. And and like Luke said, I mean, you know, when you rob a bank and they send you to jail for fifteen years, and you spend fifteen years in jail, when you get out, they shouldn't be pointing at you, going, "You robbed a bank." You no, you you paid the price for that. And well, once you get out, and uh, I, I think DJ Durkin's kind of out, you know. All right, Jimmy, when we come back, I want to talk about the latest bracketology on ESPN. It's good news for Alabama.
But I want to tell everybody about Jace Medical. I know we come to sports to escape some of the craziness realities of real life. But can we please just talk for a minute about prepping for actual life? According to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. And it is bad. I know a lot of people have had it. It's real scary stuff. I can't imagine a more helpless feeling than if one of my children uh, got sick while a supply chain issue kept them from life-saving medication they needed. Thankfully, we will be okay because of Jace Medical. I got a Jace case. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses, including UTIs, respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, among others. This stuff could happen to any of us, any of us at any time. Visit jacemedical.com and complete your position encounter. It will be reviewed by a board certified physician and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. It's never been more important to be prepared than today. Go to jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on to get $20 off that order. That's jacemedical.com and use offer code locked on for $20 off that order. So the latest bracketology is out. Um, I love looking at these things. Uh, some Joey people, Brackets or Jerry Palm? Joey Brackets? Um, let's see. Well, this is Joey Brackets, I believe. Let me be Somewhere. sure. Yeah, Joe Lenardi. So Joey Brackets. Um, okay. By the way, before I get into it, the, there's a thing going around that like on Reddit, some girlfriend said, hey, for whatever reason, my boyfriend just started calling me Tony Pizza. And I, and I hate this nickname. Does it mean something? And like, apparently nobody knows what it means and nobody, and like on Twitter, somebody was talking about, they go, yeah, that sounds like something Tony pizza would say. I mean, and for whatever reason, that's cracking me up. I don't know why, but uh, Joey brackets, Tony pizza. So, okay. Um, Alabama is a three seed in the East. Here's now here's what I don't, here's what I don't like about these bracketologies. Tell me if, if you get this. What I don't like about these bracketologies is a lot of times they don't take into account the regular season games that you've played, meaning uh, about like potential rematches. What I mean is, all right, so they have Alabama three seed in Memphis. The sixth seed is Clemson. I don't think the committee will do that. I don't think the committee will say, oh, in the second round, we're going to have a Clemson-Bama rematch. I just don't think mm-hmm. that'll happen. Um, I don't now, know. Maybe it doesn't come into play, but it feels like something they wouldn't do. Um, now, in the East, by the way, they also that we it's like um, you know you sometimes you get those teams you just can't avoid. We can't avoid UConn. They have UConn, the number one oh, seed yeah. in the East. I would assume they are the number one. Actually, they have Purdue, the number one overall seed. I would rather play Purdue again than UConn, to be honest with you. UConn. Just, I think UConn's going to win the national championship, but but I mean, I just, but like we said just yesterday on the show, Luke. I mean, to me, it's so wide open. It's so wide open. I'm going to pick if I if I was doing my brackets, Jimmy brackets, as opposed to Joey brackets. Jimmy Pizza. Jimmy brackets was today. Jimmy would have UConn winning it all. Yeah. But at the same time, I, at the same time, I'd be filling it out. I'd be going. I am so glad I don't bet money on any of this because. It is going to be more wide open than ever, but uh, I'm with you, Luke. Uh, I, U- UConn would be my, my my pick to win the whole thing, uh, though Purdue would certainly be a factor. I, in terms of whether they'd match up Alabama and Clemson early, I'm not. Sh- I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, I know this: Clemson's good, uh, and we lost to them in yeah. Tuscaloosa. But we've gotten better. They've gotten worse. 
if all that stands between Alabama and the Sweet 16 is Clemson, okay, okay. I, I think it's a fair, that's a fair test. And if you don't, don't beat Clemson, you don't deserve to be in, in the Sweet 16. Uh, and the, so I think that's a, that would be an intriguing matchup. P.J. Hall, boy, he's good. He, he's he, he gave us this. The, and they got screwed at Duke, by the way. But uh, the, the number two seed in that bracket would be Wisconsin. And, again, yeah, I'll take good. my chance against Wisconsin. I mean, they're good. I'm, I'm just good saying. But beatable. Good but beatable. The, the other two seeds are Arizona, Marquette, and Tennessee, which I obviously don't think Tennessee would be there with us. But I'm saying of those, okay, I like that one the most. Those the other number teams. ones are North Carolina, Houston, and um, UConn and Purdue. And if I had to rank the number ones I'd want to play, it would probably go North Carolina, Houston, Purdue, UConn. I mean, I would rather play North Carolina than any of them just because I think they're they're good, but they're not great. And here's the other thing. Um, I saw an Auburn fan, uh, Babysitter Bari, who we've talked about on the program before, he talked about how um, he doesn't think Alabama should be a three seed. They got six losses. Auburn's a four seed in this bracket, and they only have four losses. And um, he's like, you know, if win, games don't count. And I said, you know, but Auburn's played such a terrible schedule. And also this isn't to their to their this isn't their fault on the SEC side. Auburn's played a really bad SEC schedule so far. The only quad one games they played are Alabama and Mississippi State. They lost them both. Now they will have opportunities later, but they don't play wins. Their road wins are Vanderbilt and Arkansas, the two easiest ones right now. Yeah, Arkansas and might Missouri. be the worst team in the league. I know they have a win over AM, but they might be the worst team in the league. They, they're coming apart at the seams. It's bad enough when the committee counts losses in terms of determining who should be in the college football playoff, but doing it in basketball is is the most absurd. I mean, I, I, Auburn's good. I've given them a ton of credit, and we'll continue to give them credit. I think Auburn's a really good basketball team, but their schedule just doesn't add up to, to Alabama's or even close. I mean, uh, Alabama's played one of the most extreme schedules in the sport, and, and Auburn's on the lighter side. So you, you have to factor in the schedule. And and obviously, Joey Brackets knows of what he talks. That's why his whole name is Joey Brackets. It's probably right there on his birth certificate that should be, have been amended by now. All right, buddy. That's going to do it for today's pod. We will be back tomorrow with more. Until then, roll tight, everybody. Roll tight.